Welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. We connect authors to each other from around the world and also connect authors to their readers. And readers are able to find and explore new authors to love. So you will meet both seasoned as well as new and aspiring authors on the show. And we invite you to hear their backstories. This week, we're going to be introducing Melissa Woods, and she's the author of the book That Night on the Bayou. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you're just joining us, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brigitte Limbanda. I'm a live video camera confidence coach, and I host live video shows that helps brand authors, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders share their stories. I'm also a responsible social media advocate. On this, story, on this show, though, we bring you the backstory of authors and aspiring authors. My co-host is Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She's the award-winning author of the Poolicious children's book series, and she's currently working on a moving screenplay. She's a wife and a mom to three humans that inspire her. She's also a special needs and disabilities advocate. She's currently snowed in. She's in the USA, and um, we're not sure if she's going to be able to join us. We will see how things go. I am in Cape Town in South Africa, and this is episode six of the Writer's Corner live show. And our featured author this week is Melissa Woods. Melissa is a Bachelor of Fine Arts student at the Boise State University. We're going to ask about that because she's also a mom of six and an author of literary fiction and suspense novels. She loves to explore humans of all complexities, she tells us, especially when it comes to moral ambiguity. When not writing or reading, she says she's chasing tiny humans or she can be found running around the track. Her work has appeared in the memoir magazine as well as the Coffin Bell Journal. She's the author of That Night on the Bayou, and we're going to find out more about that. Um, she is currently with Black, Black Rose Writing, and that book is available on the 27th of November. She's also published The Weaver, and uh, Melissa lives in Idaho, USA, and as I said, I'm in Cape Town in South Africa. So do let us know in the comments where you are joining us from. Um, type in hashtag live if you're watching us live or if you're catching us on the replay please type in hashtag replay. So without any further ado, we are going to bring on Melissa.
Melissa, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Hi, Bridgetti. How are you this morning? I'm very well, very well. I have got a question right out of the bat for you because I really want to know this. I had, you know, I've got two sons and our grown men, but I want to find out how do you manage your time with six little humans in your home, <laughs> a husband to manage, you're an you're an author, you run, you do so many things. How do you manage your time? That's a very good question. <laughs> no, I actually have, first of all, a wonderful husband. He's great. He takes my children and he's more than a co-parent. I mean, he just, he's amazing when it comes to uh, giving me that time. Because for me, writing is something where I need quiet and I don't really have that with all <laughs> having this many children running around. But my kids are amazing and they are motivating for me. But uh, as far as time management, I find that I need to do small chunks. So I'll make a goal for myself, say I want to write. Um, if you're a writer, you know that sometimes we say like, oh, I'm going to write a thousand words in a day or something like that. Then I'll maybe take an hour here or an hour there. And I can usually manage that. And if you write a thousand words a day, you have a novel in 90 days. And then you know, oh, probably a lot of revision to do after that. But still, I mean, it's doable if you, I mean, I, I have a Scrivener, one of my writing programs on my iPhone. So I'll be like sitting in the school pickup line, writing little scenes or whatever comes to my mind. Oh my goodness. That is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely amazing. So I am going to assume that your husband is also your, your biggest champion. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. When it, when it comes to writing. He is. He's wonderful with that right now. Always so, has so would you say your husband was, was the hus your husband your inspiration behind becoming a writer? Or was that something you've always wanted to do and he just helped you achieve that? I feel like I've always been for myself, needed something for myself. Um, and when I didn't, Right when I had stopped writing for a while there, when our kids were really young, um, I wasn't doing as well as a mom and in life in general when I didn't have that one thing that was just mine, which is this art of playing with words and creating stories and creating, creating really. And it's something that I've just needed. And when I didn't have that, I wasn't as good with my children. I wasn't as good of a spouse or a member of the community or anything really. So once I got back into that, he's been extremely supportive of um, my writing, partially because it makes me happy. So it makes us happy, but also because he knows uh, that's what I need. You're touching on something that's so close to my heart. And I think something that we overlook when we do something, it may seem selfish to the rest of the world, but when we do something that's exclusively for us as a, as a woman, as a mom, as a person, and you, you, you do that one thing that's selfish, it makes you better at everything else. Exactly. Because when, when you're happy, um, everyone else around you is happy. The home is happy. The husband's happy. The children are happy. So it's important for us as women to find our passion um, and, and, and run with it. Yeah, I agree. I don't think um, it does anybody 
um, any good to just have uh, women and moms in this role of not uh, aiming for anything for themselves because, you know, our husbands do men do all the time. It's never, it's never even a question like why, how do you manage to get to work today? You know, <laughs> you have three kids. How did that happen? You know, it's always um, women that are expected to be the ones um, in charge of the kids. And it's always, I don't know, it's, it, it's never probably wouldn't even be a question for, you know, a man to have a job or whatever, but I just, honestly, I take my time and I run with it and I create stuff and I enjoy that. And also hopefully maybe it'll be successful at some point. We just never know, but I would do it anyway. And do you write, I just want to say hello to our audience on, on Facebook and our audience on LinkedIn. We are watching the comments. So you're very welcome to the show. So do you have a home office or do you find you need to step out of the home to be creative? Where are you the most creative? <laughs> That's funny because I kind of move around. Um, right now I'm in my home office and sometimes I'll work here. If it's too loud, I'll lock myself in my bedroom or I'll go to the library or I'll go to Starbucks. I mean, I'm also a student, a full-time student. So sometimes I'll work at school. If I'm already there for a class, I might as well just stay another hour and get some quiet. Um, so it just depends. I'm pretty, pretty, uh, open to that. Sometimes I just, I'm one of those people who needs to get a change of scenery or something. I can't sit in just the same spot. So, and it's, is there a particular time of the day when you find that you're creative or do you find you have those creative moments whenever and you just run with it when it comes? I aim in the morning to have a goal. So I'll try to not just be thinking like, oh, I'm going to wait for some kind of inspiration because it might never come. <laughs> it's more just like, <laughs> it's more just like I'm going to sit and try this for a half hour. I'll I'll say. And then if I get going, I'll run with it. Otherwise, I'll just be like, let's do, you know, 500 words here. Or if I don't feel inspired, sometimes it helps me if I write with a pen and paper, like write a scene and know this doesn't have to be perfect. This doesn't even have to be good because I'm going to type it over again. There's something freeing about that, I think. So I might, um, I try to do some in the morning, you know, but if I don't get there, then by nighttime, I, I like to take little chunks of time because as you, as we were discussing, you know, I have children and then I'm also a full-time student. So I have to do a lot of reading and papers and things for that. So maybe sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to work on homework for an hour and then I'm going to take 30 minutes towards my book or something like that. But I do get a lot of drafts done over Christmas breaks and, um, over winter vacations and like this, I'm looking forward to a week off for Thanksgiving because I know I'm going to get a bunch of words written then things like that. And how do your kids feel about mom being a full-time student and mom's now published author? You know, that was amazing because I don't think that they had really put it together that like this was going to turn into an actual book. Um, they just knew I wrote. You want to hold know? up your book for a second so people can, yeah, can have a look sure. at the book? I'm going to put you on full screen so people oh. can see your book. <laughs> yeah, this is the book. comes out at the end of the month. Um, but I don't think that they understood really that like this would be a book. Actually, I didn't either. <laughs> um at one point. But when my 
author copies came in the mail, they were thrilled and excited. They, this is probably like the best moment for me as a writer because it's uh, being an author is so hard. We all know that this isn't really going to be like a means to fame or fortune or even maybe like anything. It's just because we write because we have to and because we have something to say. We don't know what's going to happen beyond that. But my kids opening this box of books and looking at them and being so excited and screaming and, you know, mommy's got a book published and all this other stuff um, was just amazing. And it was like, this totally is worth every minute that I took away from them to work on this because they fully just, it clicked with them that this was going to be an actual book. And what's funny is after that, they actually began writing stories, which they've done. They kind of follow me around. They're like, well, I'm writing a story. It's about, and they'll even use like a character from my book. I have this six-year-old. She's like, I'm writing a story about Patsy. She's the main character. Oh, sweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know she's cute, but um, they started actually binding their little books with like needles and threads and, you know, stapling. Oh them. my goodness. Because that they is be so like, sweet. Well, and I was like, this is awesome because this is also encouraging reading, which to me is probably the most important thing that kids can do to have later success in not just school, but just, I mean, reading and education opens so many doors and mm. to foster a love of that through the ability Amazing. to tell stories to me is wonderful. Absolutely. And, um, and, and tell me your book, the night that night on the bayou, what is it about and why did you want to write this particular story? Okay, so I came up um, with this idea, politically speaking, actually, originally, like, what would you do if you had a family member who just believed the polar opposite of everything you did? This is about a young in 1980s, a very small town. She has high hopes, big dreams for herself. It's a novel definitely has a feminist flair to it. Um, and her father is just pretty much against everything that she wants to do. He's, why don't you go to college here? She wants to go to Boston and things. And on top of that, she sees ghosts down on the Louisiana Bayou, which, um, murders occurred there years before. Nobody believes her. They all think that she's kind of like the town. It's a tiny town, you know, mm. and they think she's kind of the town weird kid, even though, but her father is extremely wealthy. So she kind of gets away with that a bit, but she leaves town and then comes back when she finds out that this murder of these women on the bayou actually existed and he is up for parole. And so she comes back because she's going to, figure out what's going on with with this whole thing but beyond that it's also about relationships between women and then i think it's uh really important to think about like class differences um gender um race and things like that but what and what really brings these people together through family is this um different women and their 
ways of dealing with the world. Um, one is a widow, one of my main characters, she's a widow who has grown up in a different set of class circumstances than her uh, best friend who happens to be my little ghost, witchy girl's mom, and yet they're friends. So all these people are intertwined through this little mm. town. Um, and yet they all have differences. So it's a very character driven book, I would say. And I was- So how did you, I mean, this all sounds so interesting. How did you come up with the characters? How did you come up with the characters' names? And are they people in your real life or they're all fictional? Um, <laughs> did you weave yourself into it? <laughs> what was funny about me and the way that I read is I like to choose like a cast of characters and throw them together and see what happens. And it's always something okay. bad. <laughs> <laughs> happen with when you throw a bunch of people together that are very different. So I, I just, I heard these voices, not, I mean, I mean not in the, the best way, but I put them together in my mind. And like my, a lot of people really love Ruth. She's one of my, um, the mentor character in my book who she's very funny. She's got a quirky, you know, a attitude towards life. She's a widow um, and she's dealing with this family that's pretty dysfunctional. Um, from Patsy, my my um, my witchy girl, and her her mom, who uh, they just have this very bad relationship going on, and the father, of course. Um, and I just I think of these people, um, I maybe take like little tiny bits of somebody that I know or myself, but then I blow it up, or you know, make it larger <laughs> than life. <laughs> like I think. Yeah. You know, I was personally a widow for a couple of years, so I think that was probably a piece of where I, I got Ruth from this misunderstood feeling of being um, being a widow in a town full of, you know, these married people who all have seemingly perfect lives, whereas not so much, but this is her opinion or her her vision of things. And then then this, this other, this mom who really, uh, she just, it's very important for her to keep up appearances. So I just had a lot of fun with that, maybe a little too much. So when 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 your friends and, and family read the book, have they read the book, by the way? Yes, some have, um, some will when, when it comes out, but you know, some have. I and, and do you think know. anybody will pick up something about themselves in there that you kind of hid in there and they go, I hope not. oh my goodness, you wrote about me. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm writing a newer book um, now, like a br brand new one that I'm writing now that may be a little more transparent. <laughs> and I'm thinking as I write it, I'm thinking I need to cover this a little better. But no, I don't think so because it's just uh, the little snippets of things that I chose were really just like qualities like like Patsy, my my strong woman who uh, leaves town and goes and gets a degree in Boston and she takes off away from her family. It's like, she's the kind of person where I think that she's really um, somebody that I would like to have that kind of strength. Yet I also definitely wove in there some qualities where she thinks she knows everything and she does it, you know? Um, and then Ruth, it's like she, my uh, my widow, it's like, yeah, I'm a widow too, but I think that she's the friend that everybody would want to have. So it's more just like little tiny traits that I think um, I would either want to have or that I think maybe are parts of myself, but then I 
take that and make it into something else, I guess. It'd be like right. color and expanding on it or something like that. It's it just, you know, it's just the seed. It's not, I don't think, um, reality. I think it's, it gets to be completely fiction. It's just more of like a, like the tiny seed of a personality I see in someone or something that I would just like to see in more people or that right. I, I wonder about, you know, I think I mentioned that I, I, I like to write about moral ambiguity too, um, because I, I like to think like, oh, that's a gray area. What would happen if you went a little further with that, you know? Awesome. I just want to say a quick hello again to all our um, audience on LinkedIn, a special welcome to you guys. So a dilemma that every author has is when they sort of getting towards the end of the book, they've got to now decide, am I going to self-publish? Am I going to go with an author? How did you make that decision? Well, I knew that I didn't want to self-publish. To me, that seemed like a lot of work. <laughs> and especially, I mean, it's beyond, and also the, just the fear of not having any, having to be responsible for making it 100% um, good content all on my own. And I had... Melissa, sorry, can I interrupt you for one second? Absolutely. Um, sorry about that. Valencia's just asked us on LinkedIn if um, they can ask any questions, and absolutely you can ask. So go ahead, post your question, and we'll read your question, Valencia. Sorry for interrupting you, Melissa. No, it's fine. I just... Anyway, so I didn't want to be responsible for all of that with self-publishing. So I ended up going... Um, with a smaller press, Black Rose Writing and Reagan mm -hmm. from Black Rose is awesome and they're so supportive and they are a, just like a, re, uh, like a regular large publisher except for the fact that you get a little more creative control and a little bit more um, personalized um, experience with writing. So that was why I ended up cho choosing to go with him for this particular book. I'm not sure. In the How many... Proposals did you have to put out before you got accepted by Black Rose Writing? Because a lot of people think you know, it's kind of just easy. You just send your script and bam, you're published. No. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you how many rejection letters. I could probably, like, wallpaper my house in the rejection letters I have, for, <laughs> especially this first book. Like, my, my third book right now that I'm out querying is getting so much more um, response than this one but i yeah i mean i had a lot of i had some interest in it finally but it took a while i think i was querying this book for close to a year something like that it's hard it's really tough and it's hard to just get people to read your stuff so it's yeah people do have a misconception and also it's a, it's a slow industry there's that as well people think um, that the minute you get your book accepted either by a publishing house or by an agent that um, it's going to be out next month or something like that. <laughs> and it's a lot, yeah. lot yeah. of our process. Oh, absolutely. Valencia, if you do want to ask uh, Melissa a question, please post it. Or otherwise, um, if you want to think about it, you can put it in the comments and Melissa can answer later as well. That's also another option. Um, and your illustrator, how did you decide on an illustrator? Well, they did it they, at Black Rose. Um, did they do that for you? They do the, yeah. And they just kind of, um, David over there is the cover designer. Do you want to hold your book up again? Yeah, he did, I think, a really good job on this one. And we went back and forth a little bit with some ideas and such. But um, no, pretty much not done by me. Sorry, I'm getting glare on that. 
um, for the most part, I was like, oh, maybe we can do a different font or something, but it wasn't 99% my, um, my decision, but I, I just loved it. I mean, he did such a good job. I didn't have a lot of complaints. That is absolutely awesome. And so how are you going to market your book? What is your marketing plan? Because that's the next thing oh, you've got. Um, you know, it's it's first you've got to decide on are you publishing, self-publishing, going, you know, um, getting that done. And then there's the marketing plan. Did you work on your marketing plan before you wrote your book? At what point did you start looking at your marketing plan? Well, I have a pretty awesome publicist who is helping me. Um, and right now I'm concentrating for my own part on getting social media, um, more of a presence because that wasn't something, I mean, in the past I've always been active on Facebook and things, but just friend wise, like I no idea how to just put myself out there and try to sell. <laughs> anything really I just but at the at the time being I'm just trying to get um, the word out there and I also really like people to just write I, I've been saying lately just please just recommend this book to your local library for me you know right things like that small things add up for authors that I never knew I never knew I've started pre-ordering people's books I never knew that pre-orders make a huge difference in sales it, to me I had no idea I just wait till it comes out you know why but I guess it's it's an important um, and helpful thing for writers. Um, ordering from independent bookstores, another thing I didn't know. So I'm learning new things every day when it comes to this kind of salesy stuff. For me, it was just, I, I hadn't even thought about it. It was more just like, I'm writing a book, you know, this is the artistic thing. And then it comes into this whole business side that I am now having to discover and learn about. And I think with my publicist, he's wanted me to like write pieces for other like publications about different things. But at the same time, it's also, there's the whole, let's get on Twitter and talk about the book and also talk with other authors about their books. And I've joined right. a really cool group. Um, Debut 19 um, is a group where traditionally published authors are coming out with their novels in 2019. And I have just commiserated with so many um, writers and also gotten so many tips and things like that. So just learning and meeting other writers has been probably just really amazing. Like a great part of this and meeting yeah, other writers yeah. to, you know, exchange work with and help each other. I mean, I think that community has probably been the, the second thing to my actual creating that's been the best. It's amazing community. So we can quickly ask Valencia's question here on LinkedIn. Um, she says her sister writes very interesting pieces and keeps them with her. And she's been encouraging her to write and publish, but she keeps telling me she's not ready to publish. Is she ever going to be ready or does she just need to do it and do it now? What's your advice to her sister? Um, I think you might want to give your sister her own space for that. You know, it's, it's hard putting your work out there. I think it just depends. There's a couple of situations. One is um, that may, maybe this work really just needs to be revised and revised. And she's, it's not ready to go out because there's a big mistake that I made with that night on the Bayou. And I think that it probably, I probably would have gotten a publisher or agent sooner had I not sent it out too early 
because I didn't realize that how much magic happens in revision and how much you need to really be re revising, 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 and making sure that you have the best, best possible work before sending it out um, to be really judged and, you know, for its merits by those people that are in that spot, because it's, it's important to have the best product you can have. Um, on the other hand, I guess you can just hold on to something forever because you're afraid. So if it's a fear-based thing, then maybe depends on the situation. With but you're never going to know unless you actually put yourself out there because being an author is about bearing your soul. Absolutely. You know, your writing is bearing your soul. There's a huge vulnerability too. And that might be what her sister uh, is attempting to you know, is afraid of too, because it, it's hugely vulnerable making to send out um, what you've put your heart and soul into for other people to read. And because of the fact you will get rejections and it's, well, it's, it's a fact. I mean, there's no other way around it. Um, it, it can be hard. So in that sense, you know, it just in her, in her case, I guess it depends. <laughs> but on the flip side, I do want to say to you, Valencia, that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of benefits to putting yourself out there uh, as an author as well, because it gives you a sense of authority. You know, when you say to people, I'm an author, they sit up and listen, they take you a little bit more seriously. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so, um, so don't let fear hold you back for too long or forever. Let, you know, don't allow fear to hold you back from getting started. It's very similar to, uh, live streaming, for example, a lot of people have this fear of the camera and they yeah. allow that fear to hold them back from putting themselves out there. And by the time they're writers, it's like, you know, by the time they get to the point where they um, put themselves out there as a presenter or a host on uh, live interactive TV, it's like an author. You kind of think, why didn't I do this long ago? You know, because a lot of the time the fear resides only in your head. It's not real fear. Absolutely. Um, That's true as well. I was going to mention that too. Is it because, you know, there's the fear is there of actually letting other people read, depending on what it is um, that she's writing, if it's stories or a book or in particular, um, I have some personal a personal essay that is about my struggles with an eating disorder that is published in uh, memoir magazine. And that was very difficult to submit and get out there. But I did eventually because I felt it would help people. Um, so it just depends. Yeah, it just depends. And I think that's a huge thing as well, because you never know who your story um, can impact. You know, it can impact other people's lives that will relate to it. Um, and very often you think, well, other people have written about the same subject, but it's never the same thing. You know, it's like I always say there are thousands and thousands of um, hair salons out there, but it doesn't stop anyone else from opening up a hair salon because you'll, you'll have, you know, you will vibe with your tribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, everybody's going to find their tribe that's going to resonate with them. So don't be afraid of putting yourself out there. Don't let don't let that perceived fear in your head um, hold you back because you never know what goodness can come 
um, out of it and what you're basically going to be robbing other people from by not sharing your goodness. True. We're out of time, basically. I cannot believe time's gone by so quickly. Where yeah. can people find your book, Melissa? Um, they can find it currently on Amazon. Um, that Night on the Bayou is up for pre-order right now, and then it's released on the uh, 27th of November, or um, really any bookseller. It'd uh, be great to order, if you go to IndieBound and order it from your own, from an independent bookstore, they can send it straight to you, and it will help me a little bit, because those shops might end up carrying the book if if you do it that route, but really, uh, yeah, anywhere books are sold, really. Marvelous. And where can people connect with you on social media, Melissa? Um, well, I'm on Twitter um, and I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have an author page. It's just Melissa Woods um, on Facebook. Uh, Facebook author page, uh, and also Twitter. I'm at Melissa M. Woods with a little underscore um, after it, and that's my Twitter uh, Twitter sign. Handle. Yeah. Handle. There we go. Handle. Yeah. So <laughs> those are pretty much the two main the main um, areas for now. So it's Melissa M. Woods, and then yes. an underscore. That's yes. your Twitter handle. Yeah. That and then is. They can also find you. Most of the time. And then also on Facebook on your uh, on your author page. So Melissa Woods author. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Prajati. It's a big pleasure. It was wonderful getting to know you. And again, those of you who've joined us late in the show, Melissa is also a mom of six beautiful inspirations in her life. And her husband, she says, was her inspiration of getting, you know, helping her to achieve her dream of becoming an author, not of just one book, because you've got another one coming. Right, actually, a couple. A couple. Oh, my goodness. You are a marvelous woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I want to say a huge big thank you to everyone, and, and Valencia says thank you to you as well. Oh, thank you, Valencia. I appreciate the, the question. So thank you everyone for joining us. We really, really appreciate it that you, um, that you joined us for the show and uh, we wish you a great day further. Melissa, thank you so much. Really enjoyed you sharing your backstory with us today. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye.